Good morning. It's Friday, September 29th. National Coffee Day. Thank goodness. I love coffee. A little for the caffeine and a lot for just like the taste of it. Even though I've had like a lot of terrible coffee in my life. But every once in a while, you just have like a really, really good cup of, you know, just black diner coffee. And suddenly you fall in love all over again. Oh, I love it. And now the news. Today's news is all about politics or politicians. So let's start with the most important thing, the looming shutdown, the fault of which is, as it almost always is, in the hands of the Republicans. Here's something interesting. Since 1980, there have been 14 government shutdowns. Eight happened under the uh, darling of the Republican Party, Ronald Reagan. One under Bush Sr., two under Clinton, one under Obama, and two under Trump. Eight under Reagan. Wild. At 34 days, Trump's first shutdown was the longest out of all of those. So great job, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump said, well, other people probably, but not me. And blame is kind of always in the eye of the beholder, normally. Though this one, let me tell you, this one is like all from the House Republicans. Namely, Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates, And Kevin is at least trying to pretend like he doesn't want this. Gates, on the other hand, is in Washington to uh, have an interesting head-to-the-rest-of-his-body ratio and break the government. And guess what? He's all out of interesting head-to-the-rest-of-his-body ratio. Listen, I'm not, we don't bully people here. Well, mm, but um, not for looks. We don't bully people on looks. But I'm just saying that it is certainly an interesting head to the rest of his body ratio. You know what I mean? McCarthy is also trying to blame Biden for the shutdown, but like, babe, you haven't even given him a budget yet. What he's trying to do is actually turn this into a fight over the southern border. He wants to shut down the government to protect the southern border, which is wild because I'm not sure if he knows this. Seriously, I'm not sure if he knows. But if the government shuts down, the border is actually not protected. Unfun fact, air traffic controllers, TSA officers, and customs and border protection agents will be forced to remain on the job during the shutdown without pay. Can you even? Like, how secure do we think things will be when no one is being paid? The Senate is still open to some things, but the House Republicans want things that they know will not pass through the Senate, and they still refuse to budge on them. So let me be clear. I said it before, but let me say it here now. If the government shuts down at 12.01 on Sunday, this is a failure of the House Republicans and the Republicans at large who cannot pull their party together. Meanwhile, while they should be trying to keep the government open, House Republicans are moving forward with their plan to impeach Biden. The first hearing of the impeachment inquiry was Thursday. And um, listen, I don't think Biden should be impeached. I hate this. Not because I'm in a cult, cough noises, cough noises, Trump-loving Republicans, but because I think it's a waste of time and money, especially right now. Like, you're doing this instead of keeping the government open. Anyway, um, I I think this whole thing is ridiculous. But if they found something, I'd be one, totally shocked. But then I'd be like, ooh, yikes. We should probably look into that, I guess. So, uh, So let's see how day one went. Day one, 
First day of the impeachment. This is when you're busting all the all the big stuff. Everyone's watching. Let's see what we got. Well, it turns out that the Republicans star witnesses testified that they had no proof that Biden committed impeachable offenses. So, yeah, day one, we've got no smoking gun. And because they're focused on this, the government might shut down your Republican Party. Friends. Absurd. I mean, children. It's like uh, children could do better, act, I guess. And while the Senate awaits a new budget to peruse, they decided to tackle an equally pressing issue. On Wednesday night, the Senate voted to reverse Senator Schumer's informal dress code that he implemented last week. It was a bipartisan resolution by my two favorite people to make fun of. Joey Manchi, and you're still here? Mitt Romney. I love, I love making fun of them. I don't know. It like, it makes me feel good. You know, the new resolution does not specify what women should wear. Good. But the fellas must wear business attire, quote, on the floor of the Senate, which for men shall include a coat, tie and slacks or other long pants. Please let John Fetterman show up in a coat, a tie and sweatpants, which are factually other long pants. I'd love it. I'd be so happy for him. And while the House played politics and the Senate talked fashion, President Biden went out and made an absolutely incredible speech about the current threat to democracy that we are seeing under Trump and his followers, both in office and in the voting booth. If you didn't watch the speech, um, it was news because the president addressed the nation, but it wasn't news as in something new. But please do not let that downplay the importance of this speech. We are genuinely in a very dangerous moment in our democracy, and Biden is right to call it out. From a political perspective, it was a great speech, delivered very well, and even the -the off-the-cuff moments were great. Um, There was like a a little kid that was very talkative (laughs) in the front row, um, and he was very cute about that. Uh, a heckler up in the balcony tried to call him out. I'm not totally sure what for. Again, they were in the balcony, so it was hard to hear. But Biden told him that if he was willing to hush up, that's a direct quote, hush up, uh, he'd be willing to talk to him later, which is classy. The speech was at the John McCain Institute, and he spent a lot of time talking very lovingly about his friendship with Senator John McCain. He recalled telling John that he should run for the Arizona Senate And then Biden jokingly crossed himself and asked for forgiveness. Then he got really emotional talking about John McCain and his son, Beau, both of whom served in the military and died of cancer. I would say, truly, this is one of his best speeches and one of the most important ones, too. Uh, We can make all the jokes we want here, but this is a very serious moment for democracy and everybody that cares about it needs to call it out. And a little bit of breaking news this morning. Dianne Feinstein, the senior senator from California and the longest serving female senator, has died. She was 90 years old. Senator Feinstein first got into politics in 1960 when California's then governor, Pat Brown, appointed her to the California Women's Parole Board at 27. On November 27, 1978, when San Francisco Mayor Harvey Milk died, Senator Feinstein, who was then the president of the Board of Supervisors and was the one who found Harvey Milk, became acting mayor of the city, making her San Francisco's first female mayor. In 1992, she ran for and won her Senate seat in what was dubbed the Year of the Woman. She created the Federal Coordination of Amber Alerts, passed the California Desert Protection Act, 
authored the 1994 Federal Assault Weapons Ban and 2022 Respect for Marriage Act, and reauthorized the Violence Against Women Act. Legacies are complicated, of course, and over the last few years, many have called for her to step down as her age became a serious concern. This past year, she was hospitalized for shingles and unable to serve, while also holding up judicial confirmations. But there will be plenty of time to debate when people should retire later. Because the fact is that Senator Dianne Feinstein was a leader, a role model for many, and one of the most influential figures in Washington. This is obviously breaking news, so not much more is known as far as next steps and who will take her place in the Senate. Her seat is up for election next November, and a few people are already running. We'll know more when we know more. And that's it. That's the news. Trump isn't going to try and move his Georgia case to federal court. And also, he can't delay his New York money crimes case, as he asked to do. So that will go forward on October 2nd. Um, I was going to do a Trump crime update time about it, but I thought Biden's speech was more important. And honestly, that's really all you need to know about Trump in those things anyway. So there we go. I'm proud of coffee. It's always there for me. But more than that, because you are also always there for me as well. I'm proud of you.